Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. The rape trial of powerful Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, which continues today, has been a major milestone in the Me Too movement. Actress Rosie Perez taking the stand in support of her friend Annabelle Sciorra. For many in the Me Too movement, including some of Weinstein's accusers like Rose McGowan, this trial is a watershed moment. But sexual violence touches every corner of society, including college campuses, which is why a group called CARE, the Center for Awareness, Response, and Education, hosts workshops to talk about the issue at Northwestern University. Yesterday, CARE brought Me Too founder Tarana Burke to campus. People are putting their bodies on the line and raising their voices to say enough is enough. With us to discuss is CARE Director and Assistant Director Carrie Wachter and Kira Jones. Also with us is Sam Burston, a Northwestern student who runs the group Sexual Health and Assault Peer Educators. Welcome to you all. Thank Hi. you. So Carrie, first tell us more about your office's work. Mm-hmm. What does CARE offer students? Absolutely. So we are, as you said, we're the Center for Awareness, Response, and Education. And what's I think really important to know is that we're a confidential service on campus. There's not a lot of those. We offer a variety of support for those students. We have support and advocacy, which is really that one-on-one work where we're working with students behind closed doors and trying to impact students who've been impacted or have been either directly or indirectly impacted by some sort of sexual violence at any point in their life. Then we also have the prevention services um, and trainings that we offer, as well as the peer education that is part of our work as too. How big of an issue is sexual violence on Northwestern's campus right now? Yeah, that's a really challenging question to answer. Mm-hmm. We've seen an increase in our numbers over the past several years. A couple years ago, we had a 60% increase over the year prior to that. We have only three staff people in-house that are working with these students. So we can that speaks a little bit to it. What we know also is that sexual violence is the number one underreported crime. So what we're hearing, right, are those students that are coming forward or, or choosing to come forward. So a lot of answering that question, I think, is a, is questionable based on what's going on in the climate currently. Is part of why you think you've seen an increase because more people are just talking about it or are just feeling more comfortable coming to seek help? Absolutely. And that's what we'll often say. It's not necessarily that the issue is on a rise, right? I think what's happening is that there's, there's a lot more... Um, political focus, right? There's a lot more in the climate. There's a lot more media focus on the issue. And then what we do in our office, too, is we spend a lot of time trying to create some visibility of the work that we're doing. So those two together will bring more folks in. Kira, speak some to the preventative parts of your program and and how you help students in that sense. We feel like sexual health education and sexual violence prevention education go hand in hand. Um, And we realize, you know, most of these students coming into Northwestern never got comprehensive sex education, especially, you know, focused on, you know, consent and, you know, how we discuss our boundaries and make sure that we keep ourselves and our partners safe. So we do a program. Uh, It's actually a play called Student Body for all the uh, first years when they get to campus the first week during Wildcat Welcome, which is our orientation. Then we also go do ongoing uh, programs for students, staff, and faculty. Depending on what students or whoever's requesting the program is interested in, we can kind of tailor what we talk about to that. So like, for example, I, before Tarana's speech, uh, I did a program about Tarana Burke and who she is, what her background is, and kind of talked about other 
uh, black feminist leaders that we that have you know kind of been erased or like pushed out of uh, mainstream awareness. Um, we have programs about supporting survivors. We have programs about consent, about healthy relationships, um, and like uh, we are very social justice and intersectional feminist centered in all of the programming that we do. We try to be really sex positive and be accessible to students of all different identities. Sam, you're a student leader in in this sphere. What's your yeah. sense of of the need on campus for these programs? And, and also, mm-hmm. what's your sense of how people are talking about this when they're not in a structured environment? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in terms of the need for these programs, I think Tarana Burke talks about this a lot. Uh, sexual violence really is a culture, and it's something that impacts us all as individuals, and that's on all of us as individuals to fight. In terms of the need for it, really like having an organization like SHAPE that's facilitating dialogues around um, sexual assault, that's giving tools for people to talk about consent and um, articulating their desires. Yeah, I think the need is really to have it built into our culture as students because um, that's really the main way to fight sexual assault on campus. You mentioned SHAPE. That's the Sexual Health and Assault Peer Educators. Yes. Uh, group. Talk a little bit more about the work you're doing in that group. Sure, yeah. So um, like Kira said, we work on facilitating a discussion for freshmen every year during um, their orientation. We also facilitate dialogues for various student orgs on campus on topics like rape culture, supporting survivors, healthy sexuality. Um, And we really just aim to provide a space on campus um, to give uh, tools for students to talk about consent and um, incorporate these discussions into their everyday lives and into their relationships. Now, Kira, you lead events on campus to educate and promote available resources for survivors. The Me Too movement has made national news, but how much are, are students talking about the movement on campus? A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, We definitely got, especially around, you know, big media events like the Kavanaugh trial or like right now Harvey Weinstein or we we get so many people who are requesting programming or student journalists who want to interview us. Um, It's a hot topic, for lack of a better word. And I think it's been bringing forth some, some really nuanced conversations about what sexual violence is, like particularly when the article came out about Aziz Ansari, we really started to hear students have to grapple with like the fact that sexual harm isn't always illegal and that like the standard that we're holding, whether something was or wasn't sexual violence to, you know, what uh, a law says is like very problematic. And it really is about like the experience the person had and whether they felt like their consent was violated, or that their boundaries were violated. And um, I, I, I really appreciate that we were able to make that space, you know, because of Me Too. Well, Carrie, even though there's more awareness and it sounds like students are having conversations on campus about this, What are some of the challenges survivors face on campus specifically? Yeah, I think some of the main survivors that we're facing um, are really having a space to talk this through. What we know is that we've been working on for years, we've been working on victim blaming, right? Like what comes when someone comes forward, what are they faced with? What questions are they asked? And I think we've made some really great strides in that. But what we are seeing are some of these other what feel more subtle, but honestly, when they build up, become this larger issue. For example, you might hear something along that says, um, you know, are you sure 
that was that was accurate? Are you, are you sure that really happened? Or maybe it was the alcohol. Or um, if we could just hear a little more of the details, if we could just remember. And what what's kind of the, the nuance within that is understanding how trauma manifests and how trauma comes out. And, and indeed, when someone's experiencing trauma, how one is... Uh, suppressing or trying really not to remember those details and then we're also putting that person in a place to remember them and what does that mean for that person and how how does that even come out and does it come out in a linear way absolutely not right so then there's when you have someone that does want to come forward and they're not really able to articulate um, or talk about some of the details and, and really those ways that investigation requires then then what comes back at them, right? Um, so there there's some faces, um, some, some issues facing with that. You know, Sam, when you have students who are coming coming to college that you know that first mm-hmm. year, lots of changes, new environment, how prepared are they for these conversations, for understanding consent? Or is this just, I mean, a brand new education for them when they arrive on a college campus? Yeah, when people come to Northwestern as first years, they're coming from vastly different places, and that's something we see a lot. Um, A lot of students come with no sex education or abstinence-only sex education, and then some come having really great sex education. So really the goal of SHAPE is to um, provide everyone with a level playing field and a language to talk about these things. So teaching about consent, teaching about healthy relationships, understanding rape culture and sexual violence. Kira, are these programs mandatory or are they things that students opt into? Mm. So student body, the freshman orientation program, is mandatory. But for the most part, it's what students opt into. You know, uh, student groups request programming from us or from SHAPE. Sometimes, like, maybe, like, departments or or student groups here and there might have their own mandatory programming from CARE. But um, on a large scale at Northwestern, like, the only time that – students have to interact with our office is freshman orientation, which is, is, is not enough. Like, you know, they're still at Northwestern for four yeah. years and they're coming in um, with different experiences. And then even a month, two months later, their experiences could have completely changed around sex and sexuality. Um, so we want to have more opportunity to interface with the students. Um, but we do only have three staff members and, you know, it, it can be difficult to get the resources that we need to and the support that we need to make sure all the students are getting the support and the education that, you know, would help to make the campus safer. Sam, you're agreeing with Kira there. Yeah, and Tarana Burke acknowledged in her talk when she visits these college campuses, she'll often see a really dedicated core of students and faculty members who are dedicated to anti-racism and anti-sexual assault work but what she really believes is necessary to have a real cultural shift is more buy-in from the administration. And like Kira said, um, Kira and Carrie are two of three staff members that serve all 8,000 Northwestern undergraduates. And we really only have this one mandatory um, sexual assault training at the beginning of freshman year. So um, I personally really see this as as necessary um, for administrations to have more buy-in through funding of offices like CARE and also through more programming. And Northwestern really is a leader in so many ways and just having care and having shape. Um, but I think we can uh, do more work to embrace that and um, push it even more. Well, we've been talking about Tarana Burke. Harry, tell us a little bit more about the event you had with her. Tarana was an inspiration. It was really a phenomenal event. She spoke on the Chicago campus during the day, and then she spoke again in Evanston in the evening. And really, her focus was to come and to talk through, right, what does Me Too mean? What was her understanding of that when it first came to light, what happened when it went viral, right? And then what has been the impact since? So having her on campus has been uh, 
such an inspiration and, and so eye-opening for a lot of uh, folks who were in the room yesterday throughout the whole day. We left with two big themes. One was around healing, and this is something that we talked through quite a bit in our office at CARE. And Yes, healing of the survivors that we see and being survivor-centered, but really how do we focus on healing of the ones that are doing the work? And how fair is it even to say that if we put you know, individuals in this work who are talking about trauma all day long, right, who are trying to uh, present and do prevention work around this, this issue on a regular basis, but yet we're not taking care of them and what kind of healing are they doing? So really looking at healing as a form of resistance and how important is that? And then the other piece was looking at this community organizing and, and community involvement that Sam was, was talking a little bit about where, uh, if we can get community involvement, right, if we can get community buy-in and accountability, what type of response would that even look like? Similarly, when we get community buy-in around God violence, right, or some other issues, can we look at sexual violence as a community issue? And if we do, what type of response would that look like? So that was what it was so important that she was there with us. When you think about this conversation specifically on a college campus, What are some of the elements of just being in that environment that makes your work challenging? Yeah, there's so much because it's such a specific community with such specific needs. And um, it does require like giving a lot lot of what we do with our one-on-one work with survivors is advocacy and connecting students with, you know, whatever – office can help with what their needs are. And those can vary. Um, Like, for example, students might need academic accommodations. Like if they're feeling really emotionally affected by what's happened to them, it might be really difficult for them to take their final or or write their paper and they might need, you know, an extension or they might need to change their housing if the person that harmed them is in their dorm or something like that. And, you know, we partner with a lot of other offices, but sometimes there just like isn't an institutional way to get the students like what their particular need is. Um, And that also the school has its own reporting process. You know, we report to Title IX that's, you know, completely separate from any uh, criminal or legal proceeding. Um, Students have a lot of feelings about Title IX as a law generally and also how it operates uh, on campus. And it's hard getting sometimes the students, like once they hear that um, the administration has not responded in the way that they would have liked to report the sexual violence, There's the, the trust is broken there. Um, and so being able to, like, uh, like, provide students a space to also talk about, like, you know, what is going on on campus and why they don't feel like they're, they're being supported and listened to is also difficult while working within that institution. Mm-hmm. Carrie, quickly, what recommendations do you have for young people who might be listening right now, who are working through their own experiences. Maybe they're not on a Northwestern campus, but don't really know where to reach out to for support. Yeah, absolutely. I think mainly is to talk to somebody, to connect. Uh, um, Actually, trying to work in this, the clip you just played, talked a lot about the silence and then the shame surrounded with that. When there is silence, there is shame that builds, and it's so difficult then to connect. So my number one recommendation is to connect to anyone, right? to connect to a family member. But then look on 
online, even if you were to look online and talk about uh, there's so many great nonprofits in the area that can help that person connect to somebody, whether, um, you know, that's a therapist or that's an advocate, whether, you know, that's legal. But to, to make a, a connection online, just Google it. There's you know really great uh, resources online, but make a connection. Sam, how would you like to see this conversation grow and evolve on Northwestern's campus while you're still a student there? I'd like to see more conversations that involve the whole community, um, things that really establish a sense of culture and community with the whole campus and show that this is an issue we all care about. I think that it's really great when we have these conversations in small pockets of the university, but I think it's so easy to just talk about it and then go back to your daily lives. I think it really has to be a culture shift where it shows that this is something that we all care about. So more more full community conversations like the, thing, like the event with Toronto Burke um, was really successful. That was Sam Burston, a Northwestern student director of the group Sexual Health and Assault Peer Educators, or SHAPE. Also with us today, Carrie Wachter, director of Center for Awareness, Response, and Education, and Kira Jones, assistant director of the organization. Thank you to you all. Thank Thank you. you. And that's today's Reset. Tell us about a person or an organization working to raise up your community. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a message at 888-915-9945. That's 888-915-9945. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon. Thank you.